Good evening. This is Professor Trill, where I speak the truth and keep it real. And tonight, I'm just going to, I got to keep it 100. As you know, I am an educator in the metro Atlanta area. Now, it's not for Atlanta public schools, but, you know, it's a metro Atlanta area. It's about, consists of about six counties. And um, I teach in one of those counties as a middle school teacher. So I'm here with you on the eve, the night before we open up full face-to-face -face instruction. Um, so I'm nervous, and it's just really getting to me. I'm, I try to stand strong, and then it's like you see the teachers on TV, you know, saying like, well, no, we shouldn't go back, and then you see the trolls, and I get it. Parents want to go back. I get it. I get it. They've been at home with their child since March. I get it. But what about the science? You know, I'm on the even go back, and I saw in Fulton County school system, which is in the metro area, that a teacher died in the classroom on Friday. Now, they say the students wasn't in front of them because, you know, Fulton County is on their phase four where they go back two, day, two days. Next week, they'll be in phase five where there's full-fledged face-to-face. But it was just shocking when I heard that because I didn't realize the teacher had died in the classroom. So it got me to thinking. It got me all nervous because, again, they don't know what the teacher died of, uh, whether – they don't know if it's COVID, and it could have been anything. At this point, it could have been just be stress. And a lot of y'all got to understand, uh, as humans, a lot of diseases are already within inside of us. What triggers those most diseases is stress. And so sometimes if you're stressed out too much, you start having all type of things going on inside your body, and then boom. You know, I'm not saying that um, – I'm not saying if you're not stressed, you don't get sick, but I'm just saying, like, Stress can bring it out of you. But anyway, so as an educator who's, you know, I've been in the classroom and uh, this this school, our system has the phases, the different phases, which most of them are trying to do, whereas not every day. Um, so this week coming up, it's going to be face-to-face. -face, and it just got me nervous because now you're looking at students going not one day, not twice a week, but they're coming every day. So those that had designated days, say if I was coming on a Tuesday, then I go from Tuesday to Fridays, and now I'm coming every day. It's going to be a whole lot of students coming that same day, and I don't know how myself, quite frankly, going to adjust to it. But I just want to—I want to relay a message from teachers of why we have this fear, okay? Because I get parents want, but I have seen uh, parents want their kids back, but I have seen some stuff where it's just like, wow, they really don't care nothing about you. Just drop dead and keep it moving. Get out of the profession. You're not doing nothing. I, I don't see some awful things. I saw a heartwarming letter from a Gwinnett County teacher uh, online on, on a, I think, uh, Channel 2. And the trolling that went on in that letter, like, wow. Like, are they consider you a leftist if you don't want to go back? So I just want to break it down. And even when I see on TV the, the interviews with teachers that, you know, Last week I saw an interview, you know, you got to blur the teacher because they'll get a target on your back. So I saw an interview with a Fulton County teacher where, you know, he was trying to explain that it's just not right to go back. But one thing missing when they talk to these teachers is the exact reason why. Because sometimes it comes off as that the teacher doesn't want to go back. Like, we just want to be at home chilling, teaching. No, it's, it's more – I'm going to say this for all the teachers to the parents that don't know. It is more work for me to do online work with your child because a lot of times students students aren't in that right frame of mind when they're at home and it's like i gotta do 
10 different things. Not to mention, some teachers are actually teaching to the students in the classroom and the students on the line simultaneously, which is could be difficult. But uh, I just want to go over a couple of reasons why teachers feel the way they feel. First of all, um, and right now you got to understand, teachers feel in disrespect at an all-time high right now. Like, at, at this point, it's to the point where you die, you die, keep it moving, we're going to get your position, but you expect to come to work. And mind you, and a lot of parents don't know, there's a sign on these buildings pretty much um, says if you catch COVID, we're not responsible. In, in other words, the signs on those school buildings, and it's all of them, say enter at your own risk. Now, just as a parent, I would not want my child to enter at their own risk, especially if the safety precautions are not there. But I get it. They just want them out the house and you... I understand. Trust me, I'm a parent. I got three boys. I understand why you want them out of the house. Trust me. I, I understand. But, like, get back to my point with our educators feeling the way they feel. All right? Now, before I get into that, I do want to say you have to understand what we've been dealing with. Anytime the government balances the budget, all right, anytime the government is balancing the budget for the state and even federal, if they have to cut something to or get money from somewhere, they cut out the budget money for education. They take money from there to to make it up to uh, balance the other state's budget. All right. So this is before COVID. So you got to understand, teachers rarely get any raises because we always are the education department where we're gonna take from there and put it over here. Then we can balance the budget. Teachers ain't going to do nothing. They're going to they gonna whine. They're going to holler. But at the end of the day, they're not going to leave their job. They're not going to strike. They, especially in Georgia. It's a right-to-work state, so they got us scared. So I can balance the budget in Georgia because I can just pull from education because they're not going to say nothing. And see, what happened is now we're in a situation where you got the CARES Act. A lot of uh, these school systems got extra money to put things in place to make it safe to go back to school. Once the pandemic hit during March. So, and it was the issue is it's kind of hard for those powers and be to realize, wait, we got we got extra money and it has to go to the classroom. We have to spend it because not only get extra money for education, they send it to the uh, state, they send it to the school system. That money does not hit the classroom. All right. And a lot of parents are unaware of that. That money doesn't hit the classroom, doesn't hit the uh, raises for teachers like people think. So now you're in a situation where it's supposed to hit the classroom, supposed to have certain things. And so let me tell you what happened, particularly in my um, school system. We've been at home since March teaching. So this particular school system going back, um, the teachers go back the 3rd, August 3rd. Students don't go back to the 17th. So mind you have March, April, May. Now, there should have been some talks going on about what these safety um Things need to take place. What is it going to look like? So then you have June and July. Now, teachers come back in August. Students come back in August 17th. So, my the logical thing would, for me, you know, I'm an educator 15 years, but the logical thing would have been, you know, let's just keep everybody at home till we figure out, how, make sure we have things in line to where teachers come back and feel comfortable, comfortable enough to teach. Then the students can come back. 
So maybe we don't need to rush it, but I get it. Some people can't fathom a teacher staying at home and still getting a check like they're not doing anything, but I get it. So teachers had to come back in this particular uh, school system on the third. The students came back on the seventeenth. So you you've been at home all these months, and you come in there and you you walk in the school building and you don't see any steps to make things safer. You see that yeah, there's sanitizer on the corner. But as it relates to actually getting back to normalcy where you still have a roster of 30 students and you know you can't social distance with 30 students, you can't social distance with 20 students. And you, those have not been, nothing has been adjusted. And then you get there, no sneeze guard, no plexiglass for teachers, just to for their area, just to be able to block off their area. No sneeze guards for children deaths. Now, so you begin to ask yourself, okay, I got a, a spray bottle and two masks and plastic gloves. That's it. And so teachers looking at this. Now, if you're a teacher, I've been a teacher 15 years. One thing you know about teachers, they are going to get sick during flu season, if no other time, during the winter. And so that's why you have a lot of teachers like, there's nothing in place. School is a petri dish. Like, you're going to, you if you can't get sick nowhere else, you can get sick at school. You know, and people made the comment where Walmart, you know, even nurses, like, well, I'm a situation worker. How many patients does a nurse see? How long are you in Walmart? Let me tell you what goes through the normal child's day from a middle school perspective. You have four or five classes a day where you run through about 150 kids in your classroom. Not to mention when you have to monitor the halls as everybody is switching, it's about 400 more kids, 600 more kids you're running through. Not to mention in the cafeteria, it's about 700 kids that you are monitoring as a teacher. And so you got to understand how educators feel when you say, okay, we're going to go back to school and I come back to school and there's no safety precautions for the classroom. I don't feel safe. Mind you, most teachers, I'm not going to get into the percentages. I know it's more than 50. I would say 60. Most of them have underlying conditions. On top of that, most of them going home to a family. Some are taking care of their elderly parents. They're sickly children. They're sickly parents. They're sickly family members. So I'm trying to allow you to understand why teachers feel the way they feel. It's not a black and white issue. You know, it's white teachers on TV saying the same thing. Like, there has to be some type of action that has to take place than what teachers have been seeing. Because we know that, which is October already, the flu season is right around the corner. And every teacher knows it's going to get bad. So, and that's why you got to understand from a teacher perspective. You mean to tell me we got COVID going on, we've been at home for months. I caught the flu last year from students. More than once. And nothing in place. And you about to open up the building 
to have full-fledged school face-to-face in the middle of flu season. I don't understand. I would feel a little bit better if teachers were tested every other week and do random tests with students. That hasn't been implemented. I would feel a little bit better if sneeze guards, plexiglass were set up in the teacher's station. That hasn't been implemented. Now, some, some I heard APS was getting some sneeze guards. I'm not sure that's true, but most of the um, school systems haven't got that type of action. They get a face mask and some spray, and the spray don't even say disinfectant. And that hasn't been said. Who are we to clean? How are we going to clean desks in between classes and they switch? Nothing has been formally has been done accurately. When I when I say that, nothing has really been planned out. And that's why the teachers are frustrated. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this because it's too many people outside of teaching comment on what teachers should do and have no clue of what teachers deal with every day. And so what is going to happen is you're going to have a lot of teachers leaving the profession. They're going to leave in droves in December. A lot of them won't return in August. And a lot of parents' situation is, well, good. They don't need to be in there. Good. that Make room for another teacher. Make room for teachers that want to be there. And here's where parents don't have no clue. There was a teacher shortage before COVID, and it was an emergency teacher shortage nationwide before COVID. Nobody's in college beating down the College of Education program to become teachers because they see how you were treated before COVID. The money is not worth it. I would challenge any parent, if you have a, a week or three days, don't just spend one, three days to see what goes on in those schools. Even the so-called good ones. And you will realize in one day it's not worth it. But I say that to say that what is going to be the next step? Because we're heading down a path that I don't think a lot of people are focusing on. I think the time that we spent arguing about should we stay at home or should the, should we go to school? Should the teachers teach from home? Should the kids stay at home or should we go? And the time we wasted arguing about who should go and who should stay, we missed a once-in-a-life opportunity to change the system of education. If we both, we parents, teachers, administrator, we must, we at least agree that the system is old. It needs to be changed. The brick and mortar system is old. It needs to be changed. When we say that, when I say that, I do not mean that we just need to teach from home. But I think our parents need to realize that your child is going to have to adjust from learning online. And I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but your child is going to have to adjust to learning online from a teacher. And I say that to say before COVID, there aren't enough teachers to go around. Before COVID, you can walk in any school and there are going to be at least four 
four to ten uh, long-term subs. Long-term sub is different from a sub that teaches because the teacher has a doctor's appointment. Long-term subs end up because they could not find nobody to hire for that particular class. So a long-term sub ends up doing the teacher duties. Now, here's the thing. Long-term subs don't, well, get paid teacher money. Now, teachers make, they don't pay teachers enough. So why would a long-term sub come in there, get paid way less than a teacher does, and you expect them to have the teacher expectations? That's not going to happen. And it generally hurts the schools in the urban areas, just re- re- keep, keep keeping it 100. All right? But even outside, in the suburban areas, there are vacancies in those schools too. But it hurts the the schools in urban areas because you can't have a long-term sub in second and third grade, first grade. All right? You can't have them in middle school, but I'd rather have it in middle school than my elementary years. But I say that to say, because I'm just looking down the future. Your child is going to have to adjust to learning from somebody online because I can see in the future where there won't be enough teachers going around to they have your teacher on the laptops online teaching to your child in the school. I'm not saying they're going to tear down all the schools and they're just going to learn from home. No, what you're doing now, the virtual learning you're doing, you're going to do it at school. And to where the teacher won't even be in the classroom, but they may have a a para, a teacher assistant, or a sub in the classroom because you don't have to pay them as much as a teacher. But what would that lead to, that leads to teachers doing like five to ten classrooms at one time, teaching online. And your questions will go to the para, the sub, the teacher assistant. And it's because there are not enough teachers to go around. As I stated before, like teachers feel like they're being treated like, I'm just going to say it, treated like crap right now. They feel like their life is, is pointless because in the eyes of their superintendents, the powers that be, they're at work and they haven't been they don't feel safe at work because they go by action what they see. And so teachers feel like there's no preparation in the classroom. Like it looks like it did last year when I caught the flu. Now the COVID's going around. So you I, I just wanted parents to understand the fear that the teacher has. The teacher knows it's coming. The teacher knows that you're going to catch COVID. They're or not they're going to catch somebody's going to catch COVID in the school building because the, the precautions the, haven't been no proactive. Nothing has been taking place to prevent it. Like I could put hand sanitizers, hand sanitizer at each corner of the building, but it's a lot more things that could be done. And that's why teachers have an issue. So I'm not going to stand on that, but I, I want us to get to solutions. I want us to get to solutions because we wasted a lot of time, the back and forth, deciding who should go and who shouldn't go. We wasted a lot of time. But I need parents to get ready for what's coming. The education system is changing. School system is The schools are changing. Your child is going to have to learn on that laptop from a certified teacher. 
So let, let, let that be clear. And like they'll be at the building. So that is coming. And that, that was coming before COVID. It's just going to come faster. That was coming before COVID came into the picture because there's not enough teachers to go around. So again, that I just, again, I just had to pause from my regular show and just talk about the educator mindset right now. Like it's a lot of teachers that are worried. And I pray that the guy that passed on last Friday at the elementary school, I pray that he wasn't worried enough, distressed enough to the point that it triggered something, a heart attack or something, because that's the stress that teachers shouldn't have to have. And I fear that as we move into this next phase where we offer in full face-to-face this week coming up, I fear that it's going to hit teachers blindsided and they'll have anxiety. And I'm really nervous that teachers may start taking days. If you sit here like a veteran teacher and you got, uh, you know, veteran teachers, they don't miss class. They don't, they don't take apps. Now the young teachers, they gonna, they gonna take their days. But you got veteran teachers, they got days. They got 200, they got a, a year worth of, of school days, 185 days that they could take sick leave on. And so if you come, like just say Wednesday, you used to having one or two student class, then Wednesday you having 20, 25, and you say, hey, principal, can we social distance? Can we break them up? And they come to you, well, you know, because that's what it is. You have to you social distance if you can. If you can't, we're just going to have to go with the face mask and everything. You can only social distance if you can actually social distance. So basically what that is saying is if you have 25 students, you can't social distance, so you're just going to have to deal with it. That's what it's saying to a teacher. If I have 30 students on the roster and 28 of them show up, it's just regular class. Yeah, they have a face mask on, but ain't no social distancing going on. And I don't think parents realize that. Parents think, okay, if 28 kids are supposed to be here, well, they'll split it up. There's nowhere to split. <laughs> it's no, we can't. You can't do that. I can't split and say, well, this teacher going to have 10. This teacher going to have. No, there's not enough teacher going around. There's not enough space in the building. So th- that was the rule of states. Social distance when, you are, when, it's a, when you're able to social distance. And what that is saying is social distance if you can. If you can't, tough. And so I'm kind of worried that when, that when this week comes and we have that face-to-face and you, that teacher get 25 kids, I just think they're going to be so overwhelmed. And if we had those veteran teachers that had those days, they're going to start taking days. And then what's going to happen? The child is going to suffer because no learning is going to be going on. If teachers start taking those days. And so, like, what has happened now, like, nobody listening to the teacher. Like, I would think they would have did a little bit better by asking teachers what need to go in the classroom. Nobody has listened to the teacher. The teacher feels alone in this battle. Yeah, some parents that are, and I get it. Parents, some parents that are fortunate to stay at home with their kids, probably going. Most parents can't. I get it. Most parents got to go to work. Most parents don't trust their kids to be at home by themselves to get their work done. I get it. <laughs> trust. I'm, I get it. So I understand that. 
But at some point, what are we going to do? And before I go, I just want to give a quick shout out to Clay County Public Schools and the superintendent for leadership, the leadership that he's given. You know, they're on, um, he was very adamant from the beginning. He wasn't going to do no wishy-washing. He wasn't going to be pressured by parents. He wasn't going to be pressured by teachers. His whole focus is uh, students and teachers being safe, and he's listening to science. He wanted to do 100, 100 cases per 100,000. And he said he needed six weeks of that decline. And right now they're just on their second week. So the teachers at Clayton County are teaching from home. The schools are at, um, the, the students are at home. They're doing virtual learning, but the teachers are at home. So once they get those six weeks, then they will come to talk about it. Not go back. After those six weeks, they They'll talk about what, what the next step is because they're listening to science. So I just want to give a shout out to Clayton County. It'll look like they'll probably be going back January, but I mean, just listening to the science. And a lot of these other school systems is just caught up in the political war. Some of them trying to satisfy the privileged parents because the privileged parents want to go. Some are just trying to just satisfy Trump <laughs> or Governor Kemp. And all that is, that's political nonsense because at the end of the day, what about the teachers, the students? So just shout out to Clay County um, for for not being bogged down into uh, into that. You know, and um, and here's the thing, you're going to get the best out of your teachers. But it's, I know a lot of school systems, uh, teachers in different school systems, they just feeling alone, they feeling defeated and I'm, I'm real nervous about what's about to happen this week once um a lot of kids come back because it can it can really backfire before the case even come up where teachers just start checking out you know teachers start taking days if they have the day if they have the sick leave days there's really nothing that um, a school system can do and so that's going to be kind of tricky to manage also, with December coming up, you know, that's half of the year, a lot of teachers that were looking to say, well, if I work two more years, I retire, I can do two more. All those that was going to try to do extra year to retire, they're going to leave at December. And I'm just keeping it 100. So that's going to be something. And then the young ones, though, the ones that don't have those retirement years, they just start out, they won't be coming back after May. So which is going to lead August a major shortage. All right, so I just wanted to let everybody know um, just keep stay stay strong, educators stay strong. But I really feel that I want to explain the educator side because I see a lot of parents, they just focus on my child need to be at the school building. And sometimes with the flu season around the corner, I just don't think so, just me personally. I think it would have been beneficial to to get everything in, uh, the plexiglass, dividers, uh, make sure the social distancing, a plan, what what the cafeteria would look like. I think we could have took all that energy in for these first semesters and then have everybody going back January. That's just me. Um, but I get it. I know where we at. But I just want everybody to understand the side from an educator's a teacher standpoint because it's not that we just want to be at home teaching chilling 
you know, no, we want be we want safety for our kids. We want safety for the students. And we we have already been in the trenches before COVID doing flu season. These past two years of the flu season have been wiping out classrooms. And I don't think a lot of parents understand that because they only deal with their child when they get sick. Like, isn't wiping out classrooms before COVID. Teachers get sick like crazy during flu season. So we just like, wow. And we bought flu season is around the corner right now. And I'm I'm at I don't I don't know how you determine whether you have COVID or the flu based on how you cough. I don't know nothing about that. So it's gonna be something to watch and all I can do is just pray, take my precautions, but I, I pray that we don't lose teachers because we cannot afford to lose no more teachers. Thank you.